It's been two months, surely not. Or is it? I think it is. Anyway, let's get on with another episode of Witty 924. Welcome back to the show, everybody. So, yeah, it's been a while. I know, very bad me, but uh, ah, where to begin? Where to begin? So, I think from uh, the outset, uh, it's fair to say that not much work has happened on the car. (laughs) Uh, A number of deciding factors, I think, are there to support my case for non-progress. Now... As you know, the car sits on my drive. The uh, weather hasn't been the best at uh, the beginning of 2020. So, yeah, it's left me with uh, a lot of unfinished jobs that I I thought I could have uh, got through during some of the, uh, the Christmas period, but it wasn't to be cold, wet, windy, all of the ingredients, as you can expect from UK weather at that time uh, has stopped me doing any progress on the car so where am I at the moment well this last week is probably the first time I've picked up some tools in anger and yes it was anger Um, the infamous crank bolt uh, nightmares nightmares been having nightmares about that uh, that bolt in particular it's um it's a tough one i think on most cars in general that is the dreaded bolt that everyone uh everyone hates when um faced with the fact that you might have to undo it because uh, generally they are talked to extortionate amounts of uh pressure um i think my 924 particularly is um i don't think it's probably moved in 30 years to be honest it's just uh so even with the talk that it it potentially left the factory with um over the years of um yeah weathering heat whatever it might be has ended up with a bolt that is uh immovable so that being said i've um sort of concluded that that bit of work um is probably going to be best left to a garage who have much more powerful tools than I have at uh, at home. So the the main reason for removing that bolt, by the way, was just to uh, remove the bottom uh, timing pulley where the timing belt sits and getting access to the front oil seal that uh, sits within the oil pump it's a pretty easy fix once you get that uh, bolt off it literally is a a small hook uh, and pull of the of the seal and then slot another one in it really is it's like a five second job but um you've got to get past the gatekeeper which is that the bolt (sighs) as you can see i'm not upset by it <laughs> anyway, so moving on. Um yeah, so I've I've decided to uh leave that for a while and crack on with the top of the engine that uh gives me uh a bit of a chance to start to diagnose some of the issues that um 
I think could be causing the loss of pressure in cylinder number four. And uh, if you haven't seen it, I've done the, the pressure test on uh, YouTube video and stuff like that. So you can uh, get a good view of the, the drop. It doesn't seem to be um, what I originally thought, which was potentially a blowing gasket between cylinders four and two. Um, having done the the retest again it does look like it's just one cylinder so it, it might suggest there is some sort of uh, issue with the valves uh, maybe sticking uh, it could be yeah a, a few few things that um, I need to check maybe uh, something to do with the uh, seals on the valves potentially so yeah I, I've got to I've got to dive into it have a look and I'm going to try and cash in a little bit on the weather uh, ultimately been good for at least the next two weeks I believe so yeah interesting times interesting times so I thought what would be useful actually is while we're on the topic of the Porsche 924 engine what is interesting is that um you go to any sort of Porsche circles you go to any meets uh <laughs> any sort of uh conversation around a 924 generally is greeted with um the sort of look of anxiety maybe a little bit of disgust when you know, people use the word Porsche 924 in the same sentence, which I always find quite entertaining. Um, the, the history of the car itself um, would suggest that um, financially, commercially, the car was uh, a massive, massive uh, success for, for Porsche as a company and, you know, gave them the, the footing that uh, has given them the... Uh, the pedestal they're on today but um that aside that aside i think what is interesting is when you maybe do a little bit of background history into that particular engine so uh the one that i've got is the 2.0 well the two liter engine uh they did uh porsche did design and build their own which was uh, a 2.5 liter which uh really was uh i guess the 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 real uh yeah the real sort of launch of porsche porsche's front engine cars um which um the 924 didn't benefit from until i believe i think it was in the 80s yeah it was about 86 it was it was about um yeah some of the last running models of uh the 924 i might be wrong on those years you can keep me real on that but um at some point yeah the 924 did benefit from the 2.5 liter uh that porsche designed themselves but um the, interestingly what was launched in, and used in uh the original 924 was uh was a two liter engine that um had the the code name or engine code of uh, ea831 and uh, i think what's fascinating actually is if you do happen to have five minutes and do a little bit of searching on uh, the interweb the engine itself has quite an, an interesting history i think um you know those of you that are in the know will suggest you know 
VWLT van. And yeah, yeah, it had a, had a period there. Um, there's engines throughout history and through cars that um, find their way into lots of makes and models of vehicle. Um, this one being no different. I think what's interesting though is the history in terms of the engine itself, which was, uh, I guess, way before the car was really thought of. Um, it was it was way back when Mercedes-Benz, um, would you believe it, uh, or, or Daimler-Benz, uh, took an 87% share in what was very much a, a struggling group, the auto union group uh, known as Audi. Um, and in 1958, when they did you know, buy into the company, a lot of the workings, makings, and design of what was to become the EA3, uh, 831 engine or platform engine was, uh, was thought of and born. That, um, what is interesting is that you know, Mercedes put in all this effort from sort of 58 to 64, um, and in 64 they, yeah, they they basically sold about, uh, I think it was about 50% of uh, the company to the VW group. So when I say VW, VW group, I mean Volkswagen. And uh, just as they sort of bought into it, uh, a lot of those investments that Mercedes had done in the previous six years uh, started to bear fruit. So it was uh, it was the first time that uh, that particular engine uh, came to life in um, <clears throat> in uh, yeah what they they classed as the F one hundred three, which uh, for namesake is the Audi Super ninety. If any of you are familiar, um, <laughs> box on wheels. Uh, it looks like to me, but um, yeah. for those of you who have got one, they are quite iconic in terms of uh, the brand itself in, in Audi sort of coming back to life because uh, it was when, yeah, the, the brands that were bought uh, as a part of the group uh, when Mercedes uh, or Daimler Benz took over was uh, Auto Union, which became Audi, uh, DKW, uh, sorry. Got that the wrong way around. Auto Union, DKW, NSU, and Audi. Uh, Audi being the actual group that, uh, yeah, launched with this engine in particular in the Audi Super Ninety. Um, so it, I think that that's quite interesting in terms of a, a history when you think about where the engines initially came from, how they were designed, who put the investment in. Um, and I think what uh, what then led to Porsche using that particular engine during its uh, design phase to build. Uh, we all know sort of the crisis at the time was the uh, oil crisis. So when Porsche had the, the rights to the car, uh, which was originally designed for, for VW, as a sports car, you know, they, they bought all the rights back and, and you know, if, you have to do a bit of history checking on this, but um, the, yeah, the, the the company basically raided sort of many many of the parts bins at uh, VW to build the car. So I, I think that's what makes it quite an interesting vehicle 
to work on is a, a lot of the familiarity between uh, Super Beetle, uh, I think it's Mark 1, Mark 2 Golf, uh, a few Porsche bits, a few Audi bits, all sort of thrown together um, to create the 924. But yeah, I, I just thought it was quite interesting the the actual details on the engine itself and where it was born, where it came from back in the time, you know, I guess between 58 and 64, somewhere around there. Um, and then, you know, the actual 94 not being launched to what, 76, I think it was. So you can see it's what, nearly, uh, yeah, 10 years before, somewhere around there that, uh, all of this was sort of in motion um, and then finally found its way into the original 924 launch. So, yeah, I, I, those um, those things are, are quite um, interesting. I think uh, for, for me right now, it's about uh, really trying to get to grips with working on an engine that uh, is in many, many I would suggest it's it's pretty simplistic in its design compared to uh you know what's around today but um there were quite quite a few advancements uh, I got the 1984 version so that one in particular comes with the fuel injection uh, system um one of the bugbears I think is uh, a lot of the hoses and vacuum hoses around the engine. If you know you do get any particular leaks in those, it can be a real pain, and it can take a, a you know a good bit of time trying to find uh, those issues. The uh, there is a um, a piece within the fuel system itself as well that uh, is like a diaphragm in sort of connected to the airbox if uh, you are familiar with that particular engine that uh, can also be a bit of bit iffy sometimes if uh, if you don't get uh, if you do have issues should I say with with starting and stuff so yeah I, I think from from that perspective um, they're really sort of top of mind but the rest tend to be pretty pretty bulletproof I think um, the the fact the engine is a non-interference engine means that you know you don't have the nightmare scenarios if your timing belt snaps that uh, you know valves and pistons are getting together and having a fight. So you know it, it's a it's a pretty reliable unit even when things can go bad, um, such as timing belts. So yeah, that that. Um, for me, is something that uh, actually led me to buying the car, not just because of it uh, being a Porsche that's accessible uh, at a very low cost when I did buy it, but um, equally, it's 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 pretty easy to work on in many respects, and you know the parts can be sourced from you know the great VW group if needed. Um, but saying that, I, I have to say that you know Porsche, it's you know their their classic car support network now has uh and is much better than um than many might expect and you know a lot of the parts you can order directly with with porsche uh yeah they might take time might have to get made but uh, you know they've got a great supplier network that can uh, can pull those uh, things together if need be but uh yeah i, I guess from my 
my perspective, what I need to get uh, sorted, I mean, the the engine really is the, the main bit now that uh, uh, I need to tackle. I think uh, from the perspective of getting it running is, uh, is my main priority. I think uh, when the, yeah, when the car's on the drive and you haven't got any time uh, to get it moving it can be a bit frustrating and sometimes you know you can get you know those moments where you think why bother <laughs> um and i'm sure many of you have experienced similar moments if you're doing sort of large projects or projects on older cars it can be real um can be real bugbear in 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 times of uh you know just trying to do one simple job which turns out to be hours and hours because of you know, bolts that haven't been undone or moved or screws um, that end up being, you know, the bear of a of uh, any nightmare trying to be drilled out and all, oh, well, you know, there's a whole bunch of things. But um, yeah, I think from uh, that perspective, the 924 uh, and any classic car can be quite, uh, can, can be quite challenging in terms of uh, the time you might need just to do those those things bit by bit. Um, I'm on the home stretch really in terms of the, I guess the mechanical side of the car. I think um, everything else has, has really been completed. And then I've got a, a big decision, I guess, on the interior. Um, and that is, that's something I've, uh, been dwelling about for quite some time because I think there's that um, you know the backdrop of whether you keep the car and if you do then take the decision to change the interior uh, to my own preference or I sell the car as original um, and let someone else take that you know take that uh, that decision uh, based on whether they want to hold on to the car for a longer period of time or not. The um, the rear seats are, are good. The carpets are in good condition. Uh, the rear carpet in the boot could do with a, a bit of a tidy up, potentially new. Uh, that's not an issue. I think carpeting is, is pretty easy. It's, it's the fabric on the seats themselves, which um, this particular one I had the, it's like champagne, or best way to describe it is beige seats with uh, the Porsche emblem that goes across, or the Porsche word, um, should I say, not emblem, but uh, is written across the fabric at sort of a 45 degree angle across both front seats and rear seats. So the rears are good. Both front seats, are the the backs, back part of the seat, they're okay. They're okay, but the... Um, the actual base of the seat, they have uh, split and you know and torn uh, over the years which uh, most do most do so it's um it's just one of those things i think so yeah that'll be a decision i'll make and uh i guess that will be after getting the car running getting it mot back on the uh, the road ideally the plan is to get everything ship shape and ready to display the car or take it down to um goodwood 80s classic so if any of you turn up there or go there, that uh, it's a pretty good gig, and um, also to maybe take it to Silverstone Classic as well in July. So I've got uh, a few months to get this sorted, all being well. 
you know, weather being on my side and uh, I can find the faults with the engine without too much haste. That, uh, yeah, that's the plan. So anyway, um, I will keep you posted. I will keep, uh, you know, getting uh, podcasts in more regularly this time. Uh, that's a promise. <laughs> And uh, yeah, likewise with the the videos as well. So if any of you are currently tackling jobs that are, I guess, 924 related, but potentially even 944 in some cases, uh, some of the bits and pieces are are, are similar. Um, That uh, that's something. Yeah, that um, tune in and and have a look, see if it helps out in terms of uh, what you might be doing and working on. But uh, for now, uh, stay safe. the good weather is coming thank god and uh i will uh speak to you all very soon thanks for listening